<laughs> all right, welcome everyone to Joe Star All Stars, a podcast by four eyeball vor nerds. For all you eyeball vor nerds out there, as always, this is Joey Foils. This is Grant. This is Tim. And I'm Victor. And today we're here to talk to you about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, specifically Stardust Crusaders episode 19, Death 13 Part 1, which is a great sent- the, the great title right there. At JoJo Watch Long Podcast, we just make terrifically terrible jokes and all just all around have a, I guess, okay time, right? Y'all, y'all, y'all enjoy this, right? Uh, I, I'm glad you didn't say good time because you just called us eyeball vor nerds. Yeah. And I had just watched these two episodes yesterday and I had already blocked that out. Right. Ah, I meant look. to tell you not to eat during these. <laughs> this doesn't even make the list for the worst things that Jerry's called us. I yeah, don't know. That was pretty bad. What is it worse than meat invade nerds? I think I think so. Uh, I still it's like definitely that worse than, worse than meat invade. Meat invade is just not even a real English phrase. You can't yeah. be too offended by that. I, I can't be threatened by things that don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> there was Yocasta Oedipus nerds. Yeah, don't uh, like that one. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, that was I, bad. I, mean, I, I called us flesh bud nerds. That's not bad. Crossbow head nerds. No, that's great. Yeah, you can Dumpster call me a crossbow crossbow. Yeah, anyway, that it's a good bit. Of course, like I have to go with the mo- the worst thing. It's, it's the worst thing. That's the rule. I gotta make y'all like it's the raw emotion of y'all's pain is what feeds me. Sometimes you you catch me really off guard, <laughs> and I just can't like help but try to stifle a laugh so... like before I'm trying to introduce myself. That's I love it. That's the best. It's the it's the real. It's it's perfect. It's theater, right? Yeah, I mean, I am glad that you don't tell us beforehand. Yeah, <laughs> except for the one where I couldn't come up with one t- later today. You know what? I'll just pull a fast one. Maybe we won't. Maybe it won't be what we discussed. All right. So, Victor, were you ready for these two episodes? Because we just had the lovers, and here we get actually what actually are probably the best two episodes in Stardust Crusader season one. Like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 This what? Is what? The- what the, you're, you're talking I, about the lovers, right? No, the lovers. Yeah, the lovers was great, but in a dumb way. And then we had the sun. <laughs> yeah, the sun was we, awful. Oh god! But then we swerved straight into like, oh, this is a Rocky doing something that's actually good and competent. Why? Like, how is? Okay, <laughs> your okay, definition. There's a, there's a gulf here between a Rocky doing something competent and doing something good. All right, this just is... because it is effectively done does not mean I enjoyed any part of it. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't like these two episodes? No! What? 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 Oh, man. We're going to get into this. No. Oh, man. Buckle sick. up. <laughs> oh, uh, th- this is, like, no joke. Probably my favorite, like, fight in the entire, like, this season. It's oh, great. God. Okay. There were there were parts of it I appreciated, and they were all cockooing. Like, oh, yeah. everything going on around cockooing is God awful. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the same garbage. We'll get to it. So the episode starts with Kakuin waking up in a cold sweat after hearing a baby crying in Calliope music, which very good. Like the constant baby crying in Calliope music, A plus. Oh, like, it's no, really unsettling. He actually spends some time in this dream first. Does oh so, right yeah so he's like he, he like he's in the black void. You hear the baby crying. He, he opens his eyes and he's in like an amusement park 
He's in a, like a, right. I guess it was a Ferris wheel. Yeah, Ferris wheel cart. Pet, pets a dog that's there. Right, I saw oh, right. And we see a dog, and immediately, <laughs> Acacia and I are just like, really? Enough, yeah. we, how long is this one going to last? I mean, and the I answer mean, is not long. The answer and, is not very long. And it's dead. I actually <laughs> stopped. I stopped it. I re- rewound. I started a stopwatch. Yeah. Oh, boy. Did this one last long? I think the last record was like 13 seconds. <laughs> it lasts a solid 45 seconds. Oh, wow. That's a good. Solid. Nice. Four hey, so that means, that means if you start roundabout at the moment you see the dog, you, <laughs> you, you'll get out of the intro to roundabout right as the dog dies. <laughs> Synchronicity, it's perfect. It must have been like author intent, clearly. Clearly. I love, in the next moment, a balloon floats up. With a tarot card, card attached yes. to it. As stand users literally incapable of helping themselves. No. Yeah. And, and flips it over and it says, Death 13. And now we know this is like from birth. This yeah. is like... Yes. <laughs> wait, ingrained. wait. Are you Look, saying that this this baby has this like spirit of a warrior to control the stand <laughs> more yes. fighting as grant said what was a, it grant a, 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 a stronger will than holly yeah. <laughs> and i do have to apologize i have to i have to show you one manga panel of the dog oh no it's going to be it's, the dog it's literally the worst manga panel of the dog oh, but no. it's also attached to one of the most famous memes I've ever seen from Stardust Crusaders. Oh, is it Kakuin waking up screaming? It's Kakuin waking up screaming. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is on the same page of this dog getting a scythe through its face. Oh, wow. Why is that Kakuin's is mouth always weird in the manga? It's he weird just, in the anime, too. Have you not noticed? He just has a big mouth. He, yeah, his, his grin goes from ear to ear. It is... <laughs> No, really unsettling mu- sometimes. He's a Muppet. It's okay. So God, I love this. Kakuin wakes up screaming to find Polnareff fully clothed in his bedroom, holding his chest. <laughs> being like, Kakuin, what's wrong? Why, why are you... <laughs> they were like, sharing a room, Joey. It's a hotel room. There are two beds. There are two beds? Yeah, Polnareff oh, Polnareff doesn't have a change bed. of clothes, remember? It's just, he's just carrying garbage. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's, he's really Never going... Never takes it off. He's really going like a long way with this joke. He's he, maybe he thinks that police officer is like still like just you know <laughs> ten feet behind him, just watching for him. Hey, so he bro. has to keep on. So he has to keep on taking it places. Yeah, he can't throw it out yet. Uh, <laughs> is he just a hoarder then? Maybe. So good job to the Stardust Crusaders. They finally put Polnareff in a hotel room with somebody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> They put him in the room with a responsible one, too. Yeah, it's very weird that it's not Kakuin and Jotaro and Joseph and Polnareff. Look, uh, I think Joseph caught wise and decided to separate them. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, chaperones. They are yeah. still students, after all. <laughs> Whoa, actually, th- this is also surprising. Kakuin's not wearing a school uniform Ooh. bed. Oh, I wow, yeah. I want to know he's a student. Upset by this. <laughs> yeah, actually, this is non canon. <laughs> Although I do like that he said, like, an old down. It seems like an old timey nightgown. <laughs> it's Doesn't not. Do they actually but... wear these? Are these I... a thing? I don't think so. I mean, it's just button up pajamas with tire yeah. shoulders. It was <laughs> <laughs> shoulder pads. Shoulder pads and his button up pajamas. Look, your shoulders need to be comfy while you sleep, Joey. Oh, you're right. I'm really more worried that, uh, 
none of these idiots have watched like Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yes, because we got the Child's Play episode out, and I was like, oh, I guess we're doing the Nightmare on Elm Street episodes now. <laughs> Look, it hadn't been dubbed yet for a Japan audience. Yeah, it was uh, Rocky kid like Rocky just shamelessly steals stuff. It's great. His audience never knew about it, so <laughs> his audience doesn't know about anything. That's the key. <laughs> I don't so, know. When was it made? Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street's like mid to late 80s. It's like 86 or something. Yeah. Stardust Crusade. It's got a very young Johnny Depp in it. Who very gets like yes, sucked into young. a bed and then yeah, blended. <laughs> blended is a good way. It's yeah, it's good... like if you leave the cap off the blender when you turn it on. Yep. Like that happens Thor's to Johnny Depp. That's some good blended Johnny Depp. Good, good. He, he deserves it. It tasted. It tastes like terrible late, <laughs> late, uh, late career Johnny Depp smoothie. Mm, well, this was early career Johnny Depp, though. <laughs> anyway, so Kakuin has a great line here where he says, "You know, I could have sworn I just saw a dead dog," which just like in any other show, like yeah, yeah. that would be an identifying. Like, wait, but no, this this happens. Every, the, I was constantly. really expecting when he said, didn't I just see this dog somewhere? For Polnareff to literally call out one of the many other dead dogs they've seen. <laughs> no. that, like that, they, it, if they had tilted the camera 90 degrees, you would have seen a swath of dead dogs just, just down more. the street. <laughs> yeah, to be clear, though, they had just walked out of their, I guess, their hotel room or something, and and they saw just a dead dog and a kid screaming about his dog is dead. Like it's the did... same dead dog. Oh, because he dead dog. doesn't remember. <laughs> I have a I have a uh, note from my uh-huh. from my new fantastic JoJo journal. Oh boy! Or, oh boy! Your JoJo, JoJo journal. journal or JoJo journal? Yeah. It says, if you're a dog in the dream, you die in real life. <laughs> 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 Just to tell you what happens when I'm drinking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that was good. You, you, that you was... should drink more. Yeah. Probably. I'll be. I'd be funnier. Yep. My next note just says oi 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 oi. My note says oi oi oi. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm gonna cut that in. Joseph just makes a lot of good noises. We're like peak Joseph. As he always does. I just like that. um... Everybody's just like, well, there's nothing we can do about this dead dog. So just leave it, you know? <laughs> what do you want them to do? I don't know. I, like, okay. I don't know. Them, they see a dog with its head, like, exploded, and none of them are like, you know what? We're being hunted by supernatural assassins. Huh. Maybe no, just... we should go on at least a little bit of a... Like, no. <laughs> this is peak ignoring the fact that stands exist. Again. And it's like always polarifying. Like, nah, it's just a dead dog with its head exploded. You see that every day, Kakuin? Let's get on this airplane. <laughs> <laughs> you see it every day because there's always a stand user after you killing dogs. <laughs> like, come on. They can't kill you from inside the plane. Right? <laughs> they literally say this. They <laughs> they have already had an encounter where the stand user trying to kill them on a plane. This is a thing that has happened. <laughs> and they literally say, well, at least Look, this we... Is why, this is why they buy their own plane. I, we even still... checked to make sure the plane wasn't the stand. Hey, actually, yeah, so, good call. Good call. Yeah, good call. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they spent all this time negotiating uh, with this guy who previously agreed to sell his says no to them and now is like no i can't do it now because i i have this baby that i have to take to a doctor it needs to be airlifted out i guess and you know what good for that guy well it's like uh, mad props yeah. respect 
Like, I, I totally get it. Joseph does not care about the life of the child, though. <laughs> well, he's conflicted because he's like, we got we got another life on the line, too. And the guy's like, should this kid die because you're trying to get this plane? Yes. And he's like, Ugh. yes. Spoilers, <laughs> I yes. Guess, <laughs> I guess we can take him along. And I'm like, oh, this is not the right call. <laughs> like, How long would it take for the, the guy to drop off this baby and then come back and sell him the plane? Uh, t- 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 way too long. It's like three yeah, hours. It was two, it was two days. It was two days. He's like, I'll be back tomorrow night. Maybe you should Man, wait. What would, the baby, what, what would the baby have done? <laughs> Just had that happened. Uh, he... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's like a serious now. lack of planning there's... on this baby's part. I am very disappointed in this baby's long-term planning skills. I... Oh, I, Look, I've got more to say about that next idiots. episode. That is a common theme throughout this fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I have more to say about that. <laughs> Look, the, everybody's plans revolve around these people being idiots, and they're usually right. Yeah, safe bet. Safe bet. And so they, they're like, okay, we'll, we'll take the baby for you. Because this seems like a good fucking idea. So, I want to know, did did Dio hire this baby? <laughs> I was wondering how Inyama found out about this baby. <laughs> I, like, I mentioned a while back I wanted the scene of Dio sending these people out. And as the series goes on, the line of people that must have been like up against the wall to give this command to gets increasingly hilarious. Like, there's an orangutan, a baby... <laughs> Centerfold, Captain Dragon, like, <laughs> horse. The, the answer, Victor, is Hermit Purple. Dio uses Hermit Purple to find stand uses. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but still, the- I'm just trying to imagine the salary negotiations here. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to imagine this baby signing a contract that, that can't be actually permissible in a court of law. <laughs> yeah, what's this baby yeah, getting out of it? I'm sure Dio's going to sue him for breach of contract. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll rise for the case of the immortal vampire versus the infant. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was saying that the baby was going to try to sue for pay, back pay. But How does that work? It doesn't. Well, the baby can't enter into a legal agreement. Welcome to Vampire Court. <laughs> this baby better get a lot out of this because, you know, this this child is never going to live a normal life. <laughs> Your stand user at such a young age, I just can only imagine what sort of fucked up adult you're going to be. Yeah, the- Having a standard at a young age like this, like, it's the worst kind of imaginary friend. But I kind of wonder, what did Dio promise this child? Oh, that's weird. He might have just got a nice succulent flesh bud in his brain, so... No, wait, no, I got it, as soon as I thought that. He's what? a vampire baby. He, that's why he has the fangs? Yeah! He's not a vampire baby, he is he's, out in the sun, that was my he's first He's a daywalker. Oh, you're day- <laughs> Damn, you're right! This kid is Blade. He might, he might be Dio's son. Half vampire baby. We did it. Half so, vampire, half Joseph. There was Kekyo no and, mother. Kekuin sees Joseph. this kid with his little fangs and is still okay with being on the plane with him. Yeah, this baby keeps making really good faces. I like it a lot. He does the stupid stand, like, superimposed stand <laughs> villain, like, hiding from these idiots thing. Over and over. It's great. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I just... Kakuin 
really needs a self-esteem booster or something like yeah because he is seriously doubting himself all the way through these two episodes he's he's sitting there hands in his head he's like damn i've only defeated a bug so far i hope my next villain isn't something hilarious and small (laughs) (laughs) god who would ever so, thought a baby would be a stand user? That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a baby fucking ridiculous. can't play. And just so think, they... he started early on having that stand eat his psyche. Oh, oh, yeah. oh man, this this poor kid, his stand dementia is going to ruin him in the future. Is that why oh, his yeah. head is so big? No, it's because he's brilliant. He's a genius, like Joey. A baby baby genius. Have, babies have huge heads, man. Yeah, but this baby's head is the size of his body. Isn't that how babies are? No. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Great. Have you never seen a baby in your lifetime? I don't know what a baby is. (laughs) Oh, so you're pulling her off this episode. (laughs) Look, look, Grant, when a man and a mother man love each other very much, one of them lays an egg. And and immediately that hatches into a tiny clamp sand user. It's great. So, in a week, um, it grows full, to a full high school size. Yep. Perfect. And that's the birds and the bees. So they're <laughs> on the airplane. And Polnareff and Kakuin start to drift off to sleep. They're like, oh, we're going to take a nap. This is relaxing. We get a great shot of, like, Joseph with these aviator sunglasses on. He's really into this pilot thing. Jotaro, of course, makes the good dig that why are we on... Like, we don't need to worry about stand users when this asshole's driving the plane. And (laughs) we we get the good... Like, this is the Nightmare on Elm Street thing. The tension. We're like, no! Don't fall asleep! That's where the danger is! But nobody ever remembers or takes it seriously. So good. (laughs) And, like, instantly, uh, uh, Kakyoin remembers, like, oh, shit. Because he wakes up on the (laughs) the Ferris wheel. Next With the, the dead, dead dog. dog. And, yep. and he makes the mistake of telling Polnareff that it's a dream. Because <laughs> oh, Polnareff is a fucking idiot. Polnareff is a menace these two episodes. <laughs> An absolute menace. They need these to two episodes immediately. <laughs> okay, you're right. But specifically in these two episodes, but yes. Polnareff should not be a Stardust Crusader. <laughs> they should have kicked him to the fucking curb. <laughs> what, what's that? You said it's a dream? I mean, I can do, do whatever I want. And then all of a sudden, he's got popcorn and ice cream. And he's like, yeah. Sits down and rela- puts his arm around the dead dog. I don't have to be afraid of no dead dog. This is a dream. Just starts lero leroing this ice cream. Every time it shoots to Kakuin for Kakuin to say something and then cuts back to Polnareff. He's just got his tongue out again. <laughs> God. Iraqi and tongues. Oh, yeah. God, I hate it. Uh, we, get, we get another uh, threatened tongue piercing later. Oh, oh yeah, we do. <laughs> So, Polnareff is the biggest idiot imaginable, and Kakuin can't even fucking take it. Like He's like, God damn it, you're such an idiot! Why are we dreaming the same dream? Have you forgotten stand users exist? Why are you sitting next to the dead dog? Lally-ho! Lally-ho! And then the stand reveals itself out of the the remaining pile of dog. It erupts from the dead dog. Why would you say that in that way? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, hey, I didn't draw this. It's a classic dead dog stand eruption. God. <laughs> God. So yeah, a creepy clown stand. Great, great. Yeah. Clown yeah. clown grim reaper stand. 
Yeah. I, I actually kind of dig this fucking stand design. It, it, it works very well with like the the amusement park in the background and mm-hmm. the like, creepy music and like it, it all just works together. I actually do like the the look of the stand. Uh, it's just I don't know. There's something about it that is very cohesive, unlike yes. most of the it, other stands in the show, where it's just a Rocky randomly throwing attributes onto a humanoid body. Like, yeah. what the I fuck is Hierophant Green? Why does Silver Chariot look the way it does? I think Death 13 is thematically really well realized. Like, he's he's going for an aesthetic, like, for the whole thing, like, between the dream and the stand. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, he hits it. Yeah. Like, what if it, the Grim Reaper were a clown? Yeah, yeah it's pretty awful. you in your dreams. <laughs> yeah. what, if, what if the Grim Reaper only killed people at Disney World? <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a lot of questions about this. Is the baby manipulating the dream? Because we get a lot of good, like, oh, it's my stand is doing this, my user. It's almost like they're separate entities. But it brings up, like, has the baby been to an amusement park in Saudi Arabia? Does the baby know? Like, how does the baby know all this stuff? Was there, like, a briefing where Dio was like, all right, baby, here's what you need to know about the Stardust Crusaders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's Dio's training course. It's just, like, in a classroom. Yeah, he's got uh, like a pencil skirt and and some glasses on. Oh god! Oh like damn! That. that sounds cute as fuck. Teacher Dio. Yeah, <laughs> he's just screaming Muda as he's like slapping the uh, chalkboard. <laughs> chalkboard. Muda, Muda. No, <laughs> idiot! Throws the chalk at the kid. <laughs> god, with just that flowing mane. No, oh, yeah. No, he's he's got it up in a sensible ponytail right now. You thought it was going to be your teacher today, but it was me, Dio, the substitute. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get, te- uh, uh, teacher Dio, uh, instead of an apple? Uh, the head of Jonathan Joestar. <laughs> yeah, the head of. I was actually going to say the exact goddamn. goddamn. <laughs> Did y'all ever see the Tommy Lee Jones are doing the like school teacher thing? Oh, the Japanese yeah. commercials? The Japanese commercials. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, I'm yeah. just imagining Dio walking in and eye lasering the eraser. <laughs> 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 like Tommy Lee Jones does in that commercial. Because <laughs> <laughs> he actually has eye laser. I know! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so glasses, I, pencil net skirt. I was... Er, I was pencil more, neck like, skirt with the yeah, fuck pencil neck skirt. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I was <laughs> cutting that out. Ah, no one has to know I misspoke. What was that, Tim? I was more thinking of like the, the J.K. Simmons movie where he's the teacher, like the music teacher who's just a really huge dick to people. Complete hard ass. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but it was like it was him like yelling at the kid while he's playing drums. Yeah, and I, I just, think he won an Oscar for that. I don't remember what it's called either. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that movie. I just like I'm just imagining like the little ki- like the little baby like sitting there as Dio like instructs him how to kill the the fucking Stardust Crusaders. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't take them to. The key is you can't underestimate your ability to underestimate them. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know where Dio would know what a, a Ferris wheel is. <laughs> I'm Where's sure that, that scene and Yaba teaching him. No, I'm sure that old George Joestar took him to a fair at one point. Grant, you just want to see Inyaba in the fair. Nice. <laughs> no, no, it's you. There wouldn't be anything. She doesn't I, have legs. I know. <laughs> God, she's just me. no bad. <laughs> Okay. Stop it. 
What were we even doing? <laughs> all right, so then, like fair. The color palette on like all the dream sequences is fantastic. Like it's bonkers, but in a very consistent different shift. It, it feels weird and dreamlike. And Death Thirteen starts choking the shit out of Polar F, <laughs> and they can't fight back because only a stand can attack a stand. Uh, and there's really, no stand. Really, 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 yeah. really, really. Yeah. I mean, but no. for some reason, this stand can grab you. But like, yep. don't worry about it. Just the, this episode, this set of episodes. By the time I was done, I was like, "And nothing we saw here is ever going to be relevant again." Right. Hi, hello, hey. welcome yeah. to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're not going to have to deal with the stupid Dream World stand again. Like we're, just, we're never going to deal with anything even remotely like this. Yeah. And like, if we on, do, the rules will be different. Word. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Man, of, man of the mirror. mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, just chuck that shit out. It's time for new stuff. <laughs> Every single episode, new rules. Yep. New rules. Yep. Let's get out the rule book and throw it away. Because <laughs> as we've established, Iraqi cannot plan a single episode ahead. Ab- just Absolutely not. Why would you? A single page ahead. You don't need that. sorry, I want it. You don't need that. We have don't need it. We have cool fucking Reaper episodes. We've got cool shit. Yeah. We got the sun. Yeah. Do you want rules or do you want stupid shit? Stupid want shit. Stupid, stupid shit. shit. Yeah. Stupid shit. Every, every, every time. Yep. Yep. But Polaref gets woken up at the last possible second as the baby craft his pants. Yeah. Such <laughs> yep. a, such is life. Oh, and and yep. Joseph is like flicking paper at him. Cause yeah, because it's, it's like, there's like, like hey. change this baby's diaper, you fucking change idiot. Diaper. Change the fucking good, diaper. You useless fucking... <laughs> we, I would have preferred to have the goddamn other pilot here at this point. <laughs> there, there's a good moment, though, where Joseph and Jodor are like, do you sense that? Yes. And then it cuts back to the dream, but they were just talking about the dirty diaper. <laughs> yup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like to think that... um. Joseph initially asked Jotaro to do it, and, and Jotaro just glared at him. <laughs> he he started to ask him, but didn't finish the sentence. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, Jota. Right. Mm. Polaroid. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- so one of the things, like this, is the first me going. What was the baby's plan here? Because he had the scythe in Polnareff's like mouth. Yeah. Then he was going to give him another tongue piercing. Then he was going to cut him. Uh, yeah. That was, that, then he went to go cut him in half. And, you know, as we've learned, it happens to you in real life when it happens to you in the dream. So, oh, yeah. so Polnareff was just going to become two parts of a person. Yeah, just yeah. explode. What, yeah. what was the baby's plan here? <laughs> All right. You see, in his basket is a parachute. I don't think that would matter. He's not a Joe Star. No, he's, he's going to wrap that. himself in a chair. Two out of three people are awake and know that there's a stand attack if Polnareff gets cut in half here. Okay, that is but, giving those two people yeah. a lot of credit. What? Jotaro would have gotten it. Who else is here? Where's the stand that is able to just cut people in half? Well, Joseph is going to immediately assume the stand user is in the landing gear. Yeah, jo- th- there's no possible way Joseph would assume the baby was the stand user. Despite all evidence, he would have never figured this fucking out. 
He just, oh no, where's the stand? Like, he couldn't figure out that the guy was hiding behind a mirror last episode. <laughs> yes, that was one episode ago. I, literally, I know I, it feels like forever. I really, really cannot believe he was the one who figured it out. He was so smart. I can't believe he, the other three figured it out at the same time. He was so smart in Battle Tendency. He was he such. He really wasn't. No, like, but he knew he was better at fighting. But he's like 70 now. He gave the game away at the end. He was never planning anything. He was just saying it to piss his opponents off. <laughs> but the rope magic. The rope magic no. was so complicated and no, made no it's sense. Just a parlor tr- it's just a parlor trick. <laughs> Oh, I fucking hate Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Pullmurf has to change his diaper, which leaves Takuin alone with the stand. Yeah, we get a prolonged baby dick scene. I do. Yeah. I really, like, my girlfriend was talking to me during this, so I, like, I paused it, I turned and I talked to her, and I came back, and there was just baby dick on my screen. <laughs> and I was very, very mad. I'm like, <laughs> really, y'all? Like, this is what you... I get the faithful recreation, but why did a ro- I, why couldn't y'all have blacked this out? <laughs> yeah. The, the Netflix version of Battle Tendency completely blocks out the goddamn Nazi salute, and you can't goddamn black this out for me? Come on. I wonder if it, I wonder if it blacked out Lisa Lisa's ass. No. I hope not. No, that's fan service. Did, they wouldn't black didn't that block out. out Cars' ass either. Anyway, moving Ooh, on good. from the subject that of baby dick. Riot. Yeah, let's talk about Manish Boy, though. That's the baby, right? Is it? I guess. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't able to name. read the katakana fast enough during the commercial bumper when we finally saw it. Yeah, the that's the reference. Yep. Manish Boy, which is a band reference, right? I have <laughs> right no there? fucking clue. Oof. Really? This is stumping you. Well, maybe we will go on a musical journey of exploration <laughs> together, right, Victor? Maybe future I guess Victor that's what we do every episode, because I don't do any research beforehand. Yeah, that's perfect. Now, when I was a young boy, at the age of five, my mother style gonna be the greatest lane alive. But now, I'm Victor, and welcome back to JoJo's Bizarre Western Music Reference. This week we're covering a blues classic, Mannish Boy by Muddy Waters. The legend known as Muddy Waters was originally McKinley Morganfield of Mississippi, born in... Well, we don't actually know what year he was born in, sometime in the early 1910s. But what we do know is that his grandmother gave young Mr. Morganfield the nickname Muddy since he liked to play in a muddy creek so much, and he added the waters to the end when he started playing harmonica in local blues clubs as a teenager. He bought his first guitar around the age of 17 and made his living playing wherever he could near to his hometown. His professional career really started in 1941 when musical historian Alan Lomax came to Mississippi. Mr. Lomax was traveling on behalf of the Library of Congress to record local country and blues musicians, and he sat down with Muddy Waters in Muddy's own home to record. After it was over and Mr. Lomax had gone, he eventually sent Muddy $20 and two copies of the record. And Mr. Lomax would come back down the next year and do it with him again. 
Muddy said later that there was no other feeling like the first time he heard his own voice coming out of the record player, and it sounded just like any other record. It gave him confidence. Those recordings were proof he could be as big as anybody. So in 1943, he packed up and moved from Mississippi to Chicago for a shot at the big time. Success didn't come fast, but Muddy Waters paid his dues on the Chicago music circuit. Before long, he was the opening act for Big Bill Brunzi, one of the major blues players in Chicago. He was getting his name and his sound in front of bigger and bigger crowds, and in 1948, he finally recorded a couple of hit singles. After that, he was a mainstay on the Billboard R&B charts throughout the 50s, scoring numerous hits, including 1954's I'm Your Hoochie Coochie Man. The gypsy woman told my mother Before I was born I got a boy charge coming He's gonna be a son of a gun In 1955, fellow blues legend Bo Diddley copped the riff from Hoochie Coochie Man to make his own song called I'm a Man. Now when I was a little boy At the age of five but Muddy Waters wasn't having any of that. He fired back that same year with Manish Boy, which was another iteration on what was essentially the same song. And Muddy got the best of that exchange for sure. Manish Boy has become the definitive version of the tune, having been covered by the Rolling Stones and Jimi Hendrix. And both Manish Boy and Hoochie Coochie Man were selected by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as part of their list of 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. And for good reason, that opening riff has been called the most recognizable blues lick in the world. Maybe it sounds really, really familiar to you? Bad to the bone, bad to the bone, bad. That, dear listeners, is the story of Manish Boy and its legacy, and part of the story of the actual man behind it. So how about we let Muddy Waters take us back to the show with his signature tune, Rolling Stone, from which both Rolling Stone magazine and the band of the Rolling Stones take their name. that apparently they ripped off this riff for Bad to the Bone. I mean, <laughs> I didn't realize that sampling happened that long ago. It's like, ice. this is Ice Ice Baby Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was actually credited. Yeah, you can do that I, if you ask Muddy Waters that you're allowed to, you know. He might, just, he, yep, like, he, he might be dead. I, Nobody knows. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so we cut so back to. Uh, I, I think it's quaint how uh, how this turd looks in this diaper because uh, everything I understand about how babies actually soil diapers, well, it should be all over 
every fucking thing. You know, I really don't want to have the conversation about how accurate this baby shit is. Like, not, not really something I think needs to be The baby is so intelligent in the- that he made a good shit. <laughs> Look, and clearly I don't know what a baby is, so. You- uh, I will comment and neither that does I- I love Polaris' job of re-diapering the baby. <laughs> just, he does the worst job in that. He goes over his shoulder. That's how he fucking dresses himself. <laughs> <laughs> Polaris a fucking menace. <laughs> God. <laughs> even asked Jatar for the assist, and I am really surprised that Jatar did. <laughs> he does give him that, like, really look. It's, like, the look on his face is very Nana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you knew if he didn't assist, they would just have been, like, way worse. It would have been yeah. a fucking disaster. <laughs> what were you saying, Tim? I have no clue. I this <laughs> Polnareff is a disaster. I'm glad Jotaro is here to help. <laughs> <laughs> so um Kakuin starts reacting violently because he's about to die in the dream kicks yeah. Joseph who immediately loses control of the plane plummets into a nosedive they're all gonna die yep so this surprises literally no one right no like no. The, the fact that this plane's going down number four <laughs> so we're on like dog death number six and plane crash number four <laughs> Like check off like, plane. God, it's like a this is ma- a mambo number five. Like <laughs> dog death four playing. This anyway. is Chekhov's plane, right? Like Chekhov's plane crash <laughs> yes. because, like, we set it up last episode. We're like, oh, we'll just like uh, hop over to this town, buy a plane, and then fly it to like uh, to the next town over. And, and as soon as plane is mentioned, we knew that plane was never gonna make it. <laughs> yeah, they really let us. You let us stew in it this time. <laughs> it, it, was, it was very like Jodor was like, hey, I'm not gonna get in that plane with you. Ha ha ha. And then it's just like, oh, <laughs> uh, we have nothing to worry about if you're flying, you know, Grandpa. It's just like, ha ha ha, this plane's gonna die. Everybody in this plane's gonna die <laughs> for so long. Joseph does nothing to stop this. For, like, they just talk about it while plummeting towards the ground for a long ass time. Meanwhile, Kakyoin is still dealing with Death 13, and it seems like Death 13 accepted that maybe I shouldn't kill you right now because that would make things worse. So I'm just gonna, like, tie you to the beam of this Ferris wheel, I guess? No, Tile then, is a strong word tie. here. He and puts him inside well, of well, it. Well, I'm gonna merge you with it and then tie you up because merging you with the beam wasn't enough. And then I'm gonna just put eyeballs in your mouth. No. Yep. <laughs> I gotta Dear make God. sure you can't scream. Here, have some eyeballs. I, don't I could like do it. anything. I could even duct tape your mouth right now. But Dio didn't teach me what duct tape is. <laughs> God, as they just start rolling out of its socket like tadpoles. Uh, and like uh. he latches on the the Kakuin's mouth to force it open and just makes these eyes ooze into his mouth. They keep coming out and they're like dripping. They got tails. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Oh, Oh, wait, wait. Is this how Kakuin fertilizes the egg? No. 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 I don't know. Don't don't ruin a pure thing, Joey. What? (laughs) Which part? (laughs) Which part is ruining the other part? Don't ruin Kakuin and Jotaro's love egg. Okay. Love egg is a thing already. Grant, and it's not that. 
right. <laughs> don't ruin his thing, Victor. Kakuin don't ruin it, God. <laughs> so Kakuin pulls out his pocket knife and just starts carving into his arm. As one and, does. And Death 13 makes a dick joke about it. The, the like, yes. six-month-old baby. Eleven! Says, uh, Eleven months old! Oh, my bad. The 11th-month-old baby says his dick is bigger than that knife. That's a line we get in this show. Yeah. 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 And we cut back to the four of them just screaming as Joseph doesn't touch the steering wheel. And then he's like, I'll control it with Hermit Purple. As we just get another Hermit Purple power. I'm so upset by this. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Just sandbagging so fucking hard. Oh, like, yeah. it, it's unbelievable, really. Yeah, my stand can also just fly airplanes. Sorry, I forgot to tell you. Like, it's, yeah. it, like this really changes fucking everything about Hermit Purple to me. He could do anything, and I'd believe it now. Is, is the idea that it's an oracle and it also just interfaces with electronics in any way it wants? I don't understand. He, he's, he was really selling it short when he had the karate chop a Polaroid camera in half. I mean, he, he's essentially Forge from the X-Men. He can just do anything with... Do anything with any electronics. Just shove those fucking vines into anything and immediately be able to fix it any way possible. Yeah. Or smash it. Whatever. Yeah, actually, we we keep seeing that now that I think about it. There, There's a specific example in the future that's actually... <laughs> okay, yeah. It's just a technology stand. The, I, the guess cam- on, I guess the countries they're going to, he doesn't have very much opportunity to use it. Like, in this way? Oh, you know what? I bet he's actually driving the cars after a while. I bet he's just giving Polaroff a fake steering wheel, like when you give a... <laughs> a your, un- the, unplugged your... controller. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Like, when you give your little sibling an unplugged controller, Joseph's been driving these cars with Herman Purple. <laughs> As he just, like, rips the controls out of the steering wheel, like the hydraulics and stuff, and just, like, sits in the passenger seat. <laughs> has no idea. He's just happy to be driving. <laughs> Y'all, that sounds like way too much work for Joseph to do. Uh, yeah, but it's, it, <laughs> but he, it feels true to Polnareff. But he really wants to drive. <laughs> I mean, y'all, Joseph is so proud about him recovering from this crash. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> he's like, really he's happy. like, did you see that? Not he's too like, flat, a shabby it. flying. I was able to keep it under control. And then you know, Jotar's like, oh, GG. Dude, you're still flying the plane. <laughs> you're still flying what? the plane. What? Ah! <laughs> where those where those trees come from? <laughs> oh man! Like, because God damn it! <laughs> Jotaro is like this had to happen. <laughs> God, I'm scrubbing through the episode to catch up to where we are, and I just saw the fucking eyeballs with the legs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They grow spider legs. Oh, oh it's so yeah, bad. Just moving past that one. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Kakuin kind of wakes up with the plane crash, I think, and they're all standing around. They, they, they got a fire going. They're stuck in the middle of the desert. Somehow their supplies are fine. Oh, yeah. It was just a plane. The plane's the thing that broke. They also, like, the baby was fine in a plane crash. Like, yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah. I, I, I like to imagine... Jotaro, like, punched the ground to stop the plane before they, like, got too bad. <laughs> just Star Platinum. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> <That's so much. laughs> yeah, Star Platinum just punches the ground. Yep. 
And Kakuin's not looking too good. He's just having these terrifying dreams. And just Polnareff, man. Like, like hey, Kakuin's not holding up too well, you know. Man, Kakuin... Will be able to make it through this? Kakuin's a real piece of shit. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, like, shut up, Polnareff. Like, what the fuck, Polnareff? <laughs> he just went through a Polnareff fucking just... plane crash, you asshole. <laughs> and he's, he's just sowing the seeds of dissent for no reason. <laughs> Are we sure that Polnareff still doesn't have a flesh bud? I was about to ask that. <laughs> no, I think he's just an idiot. He's so dumb. <laughs> That's why he's the greatest Dio plant. <laughs> He didn't need a flush button in order to control him. He's too much of an idiot already. So he was just given to the Stardust Crusaders as dead weight to drag them down? <laughs> Probably. That yeah. sounds like a DM move to me. Actually, yeah, this this kind of tracks. <laughs> and I, I like I love Jotaro's journey on these two episodes because he's you he doesn't say like a single line and this like from here to the end of this the next episode but he like you'll see him he's clearly worried about kakui and, and is clearly uncomfortable with polnareff is saying and there's a very good moment later when he just has a good satisfied smile yes kakui turns it around and, like there's a journey where he's like man you know what i hope kakui's okay i hope this isn't getting to him doesn't say it of course he just stoically looks out into the desert drinking coffee but um hmm. I'm glad that you read all the things that I read. Yeah, oh, I, I definitely saw all this because there's like a good moment where they or Jotaro might might have got, actually gotten shook. He's like, "Oh no, is Kakuin really losing it?" Yeah, I don't know. How did I not see this the first time I watched this? I, I, I didn't notice it the first three times. I'm pretty sure Jotaro isn't it in this episode. I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so Kakuin notices his arm hurts him. Pulls up his sleeve. Oh my! Only to find. Baby, baby, B a b y baby, <laughs> and he's baby the one who wrote it because it's in Stand his up. fucking. I know. His, his knife handwriting. <laughs> Look, he know- and it was his car. It was his knife. It couldn't have been any other knife. Did I do this to myself? He checks his own knife. There's no, no blood on it though. I fucking hate and yet this. It's- I love it so much. Like, it implies so much about Kakuin that he has carved letters into, like, flesh so often that he can recognize his own knife work. Maybe. Michelle, don't self-harm. Get help. Maybe he actually did it with a paintbrush. This is the first time he's used an actual knife. Do you think this is how he writes normally? Yeah, <laughs> like, like you mean like a serial killer? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Got to take a note here. As he flicks out his knife. All right. What's your number you, again? Do you not remember the episode they introduce him? I don't think the flesh bud changes your personality that radically. <laughs> He's just always been that extra. Yeah. I, I Noriaki Kakuin. <laughs> we'll, we'll, ki- we'll kill you today with my hand. Uh, hey, what would y'all write on your arm if you thought the the baby had a stand? Don't sleep, stand. <laughs> oh yeah, you right. kill, <laughs> kill, pull, and then stop. Yeah, sorry. and then stop there because I'm not stand- writing out his whole goddamn name. <laughs> So instead, Kakuin walks with his baby and holds him by the car. <laughs> you little shit! He holds him by the lapel! <laughs> I know! Oh, fucking baby! 
I'm fucking fighting I'm really, you, I'm shit. really surprised that Bibby didn't die here. <laughs> it could have snapped its fucking neck just picking him up like this. The baby's, like, its head is and, so giant. And everybody's like, hey, whoa, whoa, buddy. buddy, what are you doing? We get some good shots of the baby just looking away from Kakui and Shiley. Yeah. Like, like, oh no. Oh no, Senpai noticed me. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that's what prompted him to like actually go after the baby. He's like, that, that baby looked away immediately after I looked at it. And I'm like, it's really fucking weird. <laughs> like, this baby has no idea how to act naturally. <laughs> I know, it's no. great. <laughs> and then, and then Joseph goes, you're holding him wrong. And he's like, takes the baby from him. And then Polnareff, being the gossipy bitch that he is, <laughs> yeah. turns to Jotaro and goes, can you believe what he's doing? I think I think Cactuween's going crazy. <laughs> He's starting to lose it. God and Jotaro's really putting up. Like, I'm surprised Jotaro's putting up with this shit. Like, I, He's so concerned about, I think, Kakuin here that he's not, like, really registering how bad Polnareff's being. It's it's concern. I think it comes from the heart. I don't... It's, it's true. If Polnareff could not be playing the, like, evil vizier character any better <laughs> if he was trying. Accidentally. <laughs> you see, sire, you must kill them all. It would be Gandalf the Grey is lying. <laughs> Last spell I name it. Ill news is new guest. Be silent. Give your forked tongue behind your teeth. I have not passed so far in death to bandy crooked words with a witless worm. Like, I think the groundwork is laid already. Like, if he turned out to be a plant, it would have worked perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> instead. <laughs> instead, he's just a fucking idiot. <laughs> Okay. But as we find out, him being a fucking idiot is the key to them beating the stand user, so... Sort of. No! It's a baby! You can throw it in any direction! (laughs) (laughs) I'm not Voldemort! I know how to kill a baby! (laughs) Oh, man. You don't need to use magic on a baby, my dudes. I don't need to use a stand on a baby! I can pick it. don't really do anything. It just leaves. So you're telling me you could just you could kill a baby with your bare hands? Probably. I could kill. I could kill a baby and not mean to kill a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrifying possibility. I don't like touching children for that reason. Baby. Oops. Babies dropped. Babies it. are breakable. I don't. I don't want anybody to hand me a baby. I don't either. <laughs> what if? So, okay. Anyway, Victor, how'd you like the episode? Before we like incriminate ourselves more, <laughs> it's a dumb episode. <laughs> it is actually competently done. It does this nightmare on Elm Street thing actually very well. I just hate so much of what happens here. The baby character is awful. The, <laughs> the eyeballs. The just the, the gratuitous dead dog with the, like the megaphone coming out of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the dead dog wasn't great. No, I just it, it, just because it's well done doesn't mean I like don't hate fifty percent of it. <laughs> I'm just happy they finally stopped edging me about this airplane. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you you finally reached airplane completion. Yes. God, there's something about the Zero Mile High Club. Or... <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh. 
Boom. <laughs> I think my... F- There's the episode title. <laughs> Zero Mile High Club. <laughs> I, I think my favorite part of this episode is, like, we get the, like, commercial break for it, and it's, like, it shows the Death 13 silhouette, and it goes stand name, and then question mark, question mark, question mark, like we don't know it's the baby. <laughs> stand user who could it be i don't even know it could be the plane it could no. be the baby with fangs <laughs> that's making all these weird faces and also that we've gotten the inner monologue for <laughs> god like see victor i love so much about this i love the way death 13 like the way it sounds when it talks like like i love that catchphrase it's just shoving it down our throats i love it it's great it's creepy as hell (laughs) (laughs) i love that kakuin's actually being proactive about this he like carved a clue into his arm not a single one of these other idiots would have thought of that jotaro couldn't have beaten the stand that's kind of like only kakuin could have done this and i like that so what you're telling me is doctor who is a jojo reference yes Everything's a JoJo. Victor, there is, we've established there is no <laughs> sentence that could precede is a JoJo reference that we will answer no to. I need you to red yarn those two things together. How is Doctor Who a JoJo reference? I need Oh, that. so you don't know. Okay, so in the, in the, the major villain at the beginning of one of the uh, Matt Smith seasons Welcome is to jo- <laughs> Doctor, Doctor Who All-Stars. <laughs> it's is the silence where you forget oh, about them okay. as soon as you're not looking at them. And so yeah. they start like writing tally marks on their, Got it. their arms. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it. It was very yeah. effective. Very good. Very, sense. very good. I just didn't... I, I was trying to think of like a baby being evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the Are You My Mummy episode. Uh, <laughs> that's, are You My Mummy? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so where can we find everyone? Thank you all for watching. Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Los Grantalonis. That's Los underscore Grantalonis. You can find me, Tim, at Big Blue Zam, where I won't be posting that gratuitous dog pic because I don't want to get, like, fucking banned on Twitter. I think that's ban-worthy. Post the eyeballs, Did- thing, though. <laughs> don't I'll post, post the eyeballs. eyeballs. Don't. I'll post just the crop, eyeballs. Just crop the part of uh, Kakyoin yelling. But you can see that anywhere. It is I know, everywhere. But I want to see it again. <laughs> All right, that's fair. You, don't you post imager dumps anyway? Twitter won't make Yeah. Uh, okay, fine, fine. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at TFWaffleMan. Tweet at the podcast at JoestarAllStars. And find the podcast anywhere you find fine podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, JoestarAllStars.Fireside.FM. And if you want to send us any mail or anything, you can find us at just our all-stars at gmail.com like subscribe shout it from the rooftops tell a friend inflict us on other people and i want to give a shout out this week because this twitter user steel sofa has been drawing just the most cursed things that fall out of her mouth on this ep- on these things it's wonderful <laughs> they're they, amazing they drew the tiny emperor and the giant emperor the whole horse using at like God, that made me so happy when I saw they, that thing. They've drawn a, uh, they've drawn a few other things uh, that we've like said, and it's been amazing every time. And so, like, seriously, y'all, if you don't follow Steel Sofa Art on Twitter, uh, just look them up. That you probably follow them already. That's probably how you found us. <laughs> <laughs> but, but still, shout because out! They, like they're doing great work, and they we love, more we love and appreciate you. Definitely have more followers than us. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't have more followers than us? That's oh, the real right. question. 
No, we're great. We're wonderful, and we're sharing our gifts with the world, right? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. One great... Th- Okay, anyway. Uh, one day we should ask Dil Sova how they discovered us. <laughs> because I have no clue. <laughs> it's the thirst for more JoJo content, I suppose. It is the thirst that truly drives us all, right? I suppose. Yeah. I'm imagining like a Cthulhu-esque thirst for knowledge. You know, there right? are not many shows I've watched four times through, so... True. You're right. It is like a thank you, Tim. It's like a mythos protagonist. Are, are there any next generation? Like what? <laughs> I, three times on the next generation. So yeah, I think JoJo is like taking the cake for me. Wow. Good. But yeah, Tim, I, it. I would liken it to a mythos protagonist who just the the knowledge is there. I can't help myself. I keep <laughs> even though I know it means my own destruction. <laughs> I, I cannot I can't turn away. away. <laughs> yada yada does it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Joe Star All Star signing out for all you eyeball vor nerds no! out there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Say goodbye, JoJo. Goodbye, goodbye JoJo. JoJo. My lips graze it. Yes, yes, I make out with my pop yeah. filter constantly. Mouth sounds. <laughs> okay, um, Tim. Spiritual Condom is the name of my progressive rock band.